Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We're not here to tell you what to think, we're here to give you the latest. KFI AM640 Los Angeles, Orange County. And KOST HD2. It's 5 a.m. What did you miss? It's time for Wake Up Call with Jennifer Jones Lee. Well, good morning and welcome to a Tuesday. Kind of a big day. It's Fat Tuesday. We've got a Democratic debate happening tonight. Lots of good stuff going on. Thanks for joining me. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee and some of the other stories we'll be watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Thousands of fans, friends, and family members said their goodbyes to Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna in L.A. 505 will talk with ABC's Jason Nathanson. We'll actually take you inside the incredibly emotional memorial for Kobe and his daughter. Jason was inside Staples Center and will tell us what it was like to be there. People laughed, people cried, sharing their memories of the friends they lost. So we'll go over all that coming up at 505. A defense lawyer for Harvey Weinstein says he's assured his client there is a strong case for an appeal in New York. And President Trump says U.S. and global health leaders have been working hard and smart on the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. That as the U.S. stock market had its biggest drop in two years. So we'll see what the market is doing today. But let's start with some of those stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Kobe Bryant has dominated the floor at Staples Center one last time as thousands of fans said goodbye to him and his daughter Gianna. Bryant may have gotten one last dunk in on Michael Jordan who offered his remarks through a steady stream of tears. I'll have to look at another crime meme for the next... (laughs) Former teammate Shaquille O'Neal acknowledged the complicated relationship he had with Bryant. In truth... Kobe and I always maintain a deep respect and a love for one another. Alicia Keys played Beethoven's Midnight Sonata, a song Bryant learned to play for his wife, Vanessa. He was mine. He was my everything. Vanessa publicly said goodbye to her husband and daughter. May you both rest in peace and have fun in heaven until we meet again one day. At Staples Center, Chris Ancarlo, KFI News. Now, Bryant's wife, Vanessa, has also filed a wrongful death lawsuit. Bryant's widow is looking for some justice. I'm Steve Gregory. Vanessa Bryant has filed a lawsuit against the company which owned and operated the helicopter that crashed last month with Kobe Bryant, Bryant's daughter, and seven others on board. The civil complaint filed yesterday is looking for the company and its pilot to compensate the Bryant family for loss of future earnings, general economic and punitive damages, which could total into the millions. The NTSB said last month that it has not determined the exact cause of the crash, but it did rule out engine failure. In downtown LA, Steve Gregory, KFI News. And we'll have more on the memorial from Jason Nathanson in just a moment. Well, Harvey Weinstein's time in court is far from finished. He's still facing a rape and sexual battery trial here in Los Angeles while serving time in New York for rape and sexual assault. Weinstein's lawyers say they're working to appeal the verdict from yesterday in Manhattan. One of the things I told him was I said, don't worry. I said, you know, you really have a strong appeal here, Harvey. Lawyer Arthur Idle says uh, Weinstein will maintain his innocence and says Weinstein should be out on bail pending appeals, but the judge has rejected that. Sentencing is set for March 11th. Weinstein's trip to jail last night was diverted by a hospital visit for chest pain, heart palpitations, and high blood pressure. 
Once in jail, Weinstein's also expected to spend time in Rikers Island's infirmary for back pain. His lawyers say he may also require protective custody while in jail. I would think that's probably the case. I think it's going to be under control, and I think uh, I can speak for our country, for our country is uh, under control. President Trump says U.S. and global health leaders have been working hard and smart on the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. Trump spoke in a meeting with business executives in New Delhi, India. A very uh, serious thing, but we think we're in very good shape in the United States. We've essentially closed the borders to areas where we had to close them. The U.S. has reported at least 53 coronavirus cases. The White House announced a $2.5 billion congressional budget request yesterday to fight the virus. The money would go toward vaccine research, treatment and protective equipment. The new coronavirus has killed nearly 3,000 people worldwide, mostly in China, and infected more than 80,000 people. Now, a judge here in L.A. has postponed a plan to house the COVID-19 coronavirus patients at a facility in Costa Mesa that's considered unsuitable for homeless people. Costa Mesa Mayor Katrina Foley says if the former Fairview Developmental Center needs repairs in order to house homeless people, it can't be ready to properly care for 30 to 50 people infected with a virus. What medical reason is required to have people transferred to Costa Mesa to a dilapidated old building as opposed to a FEMA disaster prepared site. A judge gave federal and state officials a week to provide more information to local officials about the plan. At the Reagan Federal Courthouse in Santa Ana, Corbin Carson, KFI News. Jason Nathanson, good morning to you. I noticed a post you put up on Instagram yesterday. Everybody who came to Staples Center for the Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant Memorial got, uh, was it a program and a t-shirt? And there was something else that you had there. Yeah, it was a it was a T-shirt with a picture of the two of them, Kobe and Gianna, on on there, and there was also a photo book. It wasn't a program because they didn't it didn't tell us who was going to speak or who was going to talk. We had no idea going into it. Nobody did who was going to talk, who was going to speak, what was going to happen. So when the the show or the memorial opened and Beyonce comes out and starts singing, I mean that was a huge surprise. Uh, every speaker from Michael Jordan to Jimmy Kimmel emceeing it was a, was a huge surprise. And it, we got a photo book with pictures of the two of them uh, together and then also a, a ticket. And if you notice on the ticket, every seat said uh, it said uh, seat eight or it said row eight, seat 24. Um, oh. And uh, and sorry, it said seat two, row 24. Um, and that's for Kobe and Gianna, of course, her basketball jersey number was number two. Uh, his was number 24 and number eight. And both of those numbers are retired at Staples Center. Yesterday's date was 224. The ticket prices were 224 uh, for most of the tickets yesterday. There was a lot of symbolism in those numbers. Let's go over to you now some of the emotional yet very funny. And they were so heartfelt, the tributes that you heard, whether it was Michael Jordan, who almost was crying from the get-go and told his wife, I thought I could, I told her I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this because for the next few years, I'm going to be a crying meme. And everybody laughed about that. Co- uh, you had um, Shaquille O'Neal get up there talking about how he was going to help, you know, and, and take care of Kobe's daughters, but he promised not to give them any free throw tips. I mean, there was just great stuff there. 
There, there really was. And, I mean, definitely the most impactful and most emotional and most surprising was Vanessa Bryant oh, getting yeah. up there and speaking. Um, she's said some stuff on, on Instagram. She's thanked people before, but we haven't seen her publicly. She hasn't given any interviews. Uh, we have not seen her speak. And this is about, you know, a month later after this terrible tragedy, which took not only her husband, but her 13-year-old daughter. And for her to get up there and speak, you know, like I said, Beyonce came out there and sang. Jimmy Kimmel opened with a little bit. And then she was the first speaker to really get up there and give a heartfelt tribute. Um, And to to get up there, to have the strength and courage uh, and resolve to get up there and speak so eloquently. And to really give such a great picture of who her daughter was to most, you know, we, a lot of us knew Kobe and his achievements, uh, but to talk about her daughter and to talk about um, the love that the two of them had Kobe and Gigi for each other, uh, you know, the line that absolutely just got everybody was towards the end when she said, God knew they couldn't be on this earth without each other. He had to bring them home to heaven together. Um, And there was not a dry eye in that house. 20,000 people just emotionally, uh, you know, in the press box, we were we were crying. It was just it was it was such an emotional in a way. I think a lot of people didn't expect it to be. Oh, no, I, I was watching it on my couch last night and immediately teared up. It was like the strength that she showed was incredible. But to talk about that bond between the two of them and that, you know, that they were together now and oh, it just was it was incredible. It was just just so emotional. And that was kind of the interesting part, too, was is they sort of would pan the audience and you would see these guys that you consider these just amazing athletes, you know, and you think of just, you know, they're just guys out there on the court crying, showing this incredible emotion. And even those who may not have known Kobe as well as others, there was such respect for him in the room. Oh, there uh, absolute respect for him in the room. And, and you know, that was evidenced by, uh, I think, no one more than Michael Jordan getting up there. Uh, you, you, the, the conversation for years has always been, you know, you want to have a good sports debate. Who's the best basketball players? Is it Kobe Bryant is it Michael Jordan? Um, and to have him there speaking, one, he doesn't do a lot of public things like that anymore. It's just not his thing. And like you said, when he got up there, uh, before he even started speaking, tears were streaming down his face. His eyes were red and puffy. And he talked about how the two of them, Kobe and he and Kobe, were, were like brothers. He was, he was his little brother. Um, and at first he said it was a relationship that was a little bit annoying to him, as the little brothers are. And he would get text messages from Kobe in the middle of the night about basketball and about how can I do this and what can I do better in this way. Uh, but he grew to love those text messages. He grew to love their conversations together. Um, and it, you could tell that he just loved this guy. And the you know outpouring of emotion from him. I think, really floored everybody as well. Absolutely. Jason, thank you so much. What an experience for you. Uh, it, it really was. It's, it's, you know, it's doing this job is you get to cover some uh, amazing things. You get to be there for some historic things, um, for something like this, which was uh, at once a show, of course. You had Beyonce and Alicia Keys and Christina Aguilera, and it, it's, it's amazing to be inside Staples Center and see that. Uh, But to see just how much people loved him, Kobe Bryant, and loved Gianna as well, uh, it's it really, you know, you get a little jaded and it's a month later and people think, you know, uh, uh, 
okay, I'm going to go. But when even people I was talking to outside yesterday, they came to this thing. But when I asked them what they expected to see inside or the emotions they, they expected to feel, nobody talked about that. I'm going to sit there for two hours bawling about this. Uh, they wanted to be there for a part of history. But once you got inside and people started talking, you know, from Beyonce to Jimmy Kimmel and then Vanessa Bryant, it, it, you were crying the whole time. Absolutely. Everybody becomes a human at those. Thank you so much, Jason. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. See you later. That's ABC's Jason Nathanson. Just incredible. And if you haven't had a chance to watch some of the memorials, we've posted a bunch of them up on our website, kfiam640.com, keyword wake up call. They're worth watching. Even if you weren't a fan of Kobe Bryant or or you weren't a, a big basketball fan anyway, to see person after person, especially his wife, get up there and give these just incredibly heartfelt speeches was it's really beautiful. So KFIAM640.com, keyword wake up call. All right, let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The U.S. stock market had its biggest drop in two years. The major indices were all down 3% yesterday, with the Dow losing more than 1,000 points. Don't look at your 401k, it'd be ugly. But analysts say bad Mondays on Wall Street are often followed by a smaller bounce back on Tuesday. Investors appear concerned about how the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak will affect the global economy. Now, the White House has sent Congress an urgent budget plan requesting $2.5 billion to fight the COVID-19 coronavirus. The Trump administration said the money would go toward vaccine research, treatment, and protective equipment. I know, and you're going, what does Mission Impossible have to do with the COVID-19 coronavirus? Well, the producers of the seventh Mission Impossible movie have suspended shooting in Italy because of the coronavirus outbreak. A three-week shoot had been scheduled in Venice. The movie is expected to hit theaters next summer. Well, the 10th Democratic presidential primary debate is set for tonight in South Carolina. Billionaire Tom Steyer will rejoin the same candidates from Nevada the debate stage last week. So he'll be back on there as well as Joe Biden, Mike Bloomberg, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren. Now, Steyer missed the Nevada Nevada debate last week, but he met the polling threshold again over the weekend. The South Carolina primary is Saturday. Now, Senator Amy Klobuchar has released a medical report from her doctor in Minneapolis to prove that she's fit for the Oval Office. The doctor describes Klobuchar as being in very good health with excellent blood pressure. Remember she mentioned her blood pressure on stage? And so now we're getting proof that she wasn't just saying, I have really good blood pressure? (laughs) Don't you love politics? The report also says Klobuchar's risk for cardiac disease is 1%. Well, you have to know that the only reason that we know that her cardiac disease risk is 1% is because she's trying to go, I'm one of the young ones on stage. Don't forget everybody else. You know, Bernie mentioned he's got a heart issue and and Mike Bloomberg had stints years ago, as he pointed out. Well, I'm fine. The report also concluded Klobuchar does not have any conditions that would impair her ability to perform the duties of a president. When we come back, we'll talk with ABC's Aaron Katursky. So movie mogul Harvey Weinstein was convicted on rape and sexual assault, assault charges yesterday. So what's next for him? Why did he go to the hospital? And how will this verdict play into the cases against Weinstein here in California? So we'll talk with Aaron about that coming up, along with traffic on the 10 and your forecast on your wake-up call.
AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Thanks for making me part of your workday. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. And hey, just a heads up, L.A. County residents, the vote centers are now open every day from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. So you can vote at any one of them within L.A. County. Vote early. You can find a list at lavote.net. If you don't vote today, do it tomorrow. And I'll tell you why. Because tonight you can watch the debate. The Democratic debate is happening tonight. This is number 10. And uh, if you were one of those people who went, oh, these are getting so boring. Six, seven, eight. I heard the same thing over and over. I don't know if you were like me and you were riveted last week by number nine because the gloves finally came off. Finally, we learned what these candidates were about. Now you've got Tom Steyer back on the stage tonight. So, uh... I just have a feeling we might be in for another spicy evening. So if you still haven't made up your mind, you want to watch one more debate, I get it. That's great. But then tomorrow, go to any of the L.A. voting sites. Find a list at lavote.net. Some of the other stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. You've got thousands of fans, friends, and family who all said their goodbyes to Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna in L.A. The memorial service was attended by some of the greatest figures in NBA history, including Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, Bill Russell, Magic Johnson, Phil Jackson, Jerry West, and LeBron James. And a defense lawyer for Harvey Weinstein says he's assured his client there's a strong case for an appeal in New York. Is that the case? Let's find out from ABC's Aaron Katursky. Aaron, good morning. So Harvey Weinstein, before we even get to that, he gets convicted of rape and sexual assault, and then he goes to a hospital? What happened? Well, he he's, uh, was remanded into custody, and uh, his attorneys asked that he get some medical treatment. So, um, you know, he's been in rough shape and uh, has been coming and going to court with the assistance of a walker, so they wanted him to check out. And so before he went off to a, a proper jail, they took him to the hospital, and um, that's uh, that's where he is now, although we expect him to be moved. He's going to be sentenced March 11th, so he'll be you know incarcerated formally in some state prison somewhere. Of course, he also has to head out your way to face charges in L.A. County. Then that's what I wondered is what yesterday's conviction would mean for the case here in Los Angeles. Doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's it's now as I understand it, and and you know, I'd be curious if if L.A. says differently. But the um the once he's formally sentenced, it's up to L.A. to decide when to bring him in for appearances in in L.A. County, and then um, whether they would you know put him in the L.A. County jail while he awaits trial or how that would work. It's up to L.A. I think to to pay to move him. So um, some of that is is up to. You know, the folks there. In the meantime, he faces between five and 25 years in prison here, and that sentencing moves forward March 11th. Uh, and in the meantime, Weinstein's attorneys say they'll try to appeal. And I'm sure that they will, but in the meantime, Harvey Weinstein gets sentenced. He goes to jail. Is it, or prison, is it Rikers that he goes to initially? And I, inf- I expect the infirmary at Rikers? Um, w- w- possibly. Um, or you could stay at Bellevue. We just don't know. I okay. mean, it's just mechanics at this point. Yeah, exactly. And then, so from there then, California, so I guess I'm just trying to figure out how this works. He gets sentenced, and then he goes off to start that sentence. The appeal starts taking place, and then California makes its decision on when it wants to either bring him here or start its case? I think so. Okay. Um, and, and again, I'd check with L.A. County, because I, I, I'm not exactly sure how those mechanics work, but yeah. my understanding is that once his sentence is handed down, then L.A. is free to start trying to, to move him for, for appearances out your way. Um, he's still trying to appeal his conviction, and his attorneys will try as soon as this week to spring him 
on bail while that appeal is pending. And did you see or have you heard that he has either shown any emotion or that it's finally hit this man that he's just been convicted of rape and sexual assault? I think there's um, a, a good deal of recognition setting in. He kept repeating to his attorneys, I'm innocent, I'm, I'm innocent, uh, but finally um, was hauled off in handcuffs by court officers who had to almost hoist him from his chair. Uh, it's a stunning downfall for Harvey Weinstein, but one that his attorney said he wasn't shocked by. Um, they've long maintained that he's already been convicted before due process by the Me Too movement. Uh, and, and they said that Weinstein maintained throughout that the encounters he had with all these women were consensual and transactional. They wanted something from him. He wanted something from them. And these are big girls who made their own choices is, is how the defense set it up. Um, but the jury saw something else. And the, the jury saw women who were attacked, who may have had complicated reasons for, for being anywhere near Harvey Weinstein, but who nonetheless were victims. All right, Aaron. Thanks for explaining all that. Sorry, I put you on the spot about the L.A. County stuff. I no, just didn't it's know okay. if you, you know, more I'm than... curious, I'm, uh, and and maybe they'll they'll say. But I, you know, I think the, the those mechanics have to be worked out by L.A. I believe the onus is there on them. Um, you know, once it you know once it's all done here. Sure. All right. Well, if I hear anything, I'll let you know. Good. Please do. <laughs> all right, Aaron. Thanks so much. See you later. See ya. That's ABC's Aaron Katursky. Oh, you know those reporters have to love when I throw them a curveball and I go, hey, did you know how this all works? They have to think to themselves, Jennifer, you know I am just a reporter. I'm just telling you the facts. I'm just telling you what I know. Don't go off the script. Ugh. All right. Well, uh, so I want to say thank you to Monica for filling in for me the last couple of days so that I could have some family time. My parents and my brother and his family came down. And so last Thursday night... Uh, The reason I wasn't here Friday, obviously, is because I knew I couldn't pull it all off. But we all got to go to Medieval Times. What a great time we had there. So my nephews are six and four-year-old twins. They were the perfect age to take to Medieval Times. Although I'm not quite sure who had more fun, the kids or the adults. I mean, it was great. We were uh, betting on each um, one of my uh, nephews and I, Brody. He and I were, uh, you know, betting on the different nights, fights and this sort of thing. We had a blast. We all wore the hats pretty much the whole time. And we were waving the flags. And if you haven't taken your family there, it is a great. It's just fun. It's just great family fun. The food was fantastic. I don't know what I was expecting, but the food was great. And you eat everything with your hands, which is so weird because, you know, as a kid, you're taught, you know, make sure you use your knife and fork just properly and put your napkin on your lap and all that. And you just throw all those rules right out the window. You can look at your mom and dad and be like, oh, yeah, look at this. Look at me picking up my potato with my fingers. Yeah. So we did that, which was great fun. I posted a bunch of pictures up at JJLKFI on Instagram if you want to check them out. And then uh, the last few days, uh, my parents have just stayed here. And so Scott and I got to go sightseeing with them. It was kind of fun because I was born in San Bernardino and my parents uh, went to Eisenhower High School. So we went all over Rialto and San Bernardino and kind of checked out some of their old houses and their old haunts and where their school was, where I was born at St. Bernardine's Hospital in Rialto, all that stuff I'd never seen or just never known, which was kind of cool. And then yesterday we spent all day at Big Bear, which was gorgeous. Great time to go. If you get a day off, I suggest (laughs) calling in with one of those because there's still a little bit of snow up there 
and lots of sunshine. So you kind of feel like spring, but you got snow on the other side of the street. Very cool. So I'll post pictures of the rest of the weekend up in a little bit. But so far, I've got Medieval Times up there, so you can check them out at JJLKFI. So thanks for letting me be off a couple of days, and uh, now it's back to the grind. When we come back, we'll talk with ABC's Ryan Burrow. Got to get the latest on the coronavirus. Not going to lie, I kind of closed my ears to all of this the last few days. And then I come back with, oh, look at what's the U.S. doing about it? The stock market yesterday. Oy. And what's happening right here in the U.S. and in California specifically? All that coming up from Ryan. KFI. Live and local. And I heart radio station. Yeah, you AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It's a Tuesday. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee, and the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A wrongful death lawsuit's been filed against the company which owned and operated the helicopter carrying Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others. The 72-page lawsuit seeks to compensate the Bryant family for loss of future earnings, general, economic, and punitive damages. The suit also alleges the pilot was negligent and caused the deadly crash last month. A preliminary report from the NTSB has ruled out engine failure as the cause of the crash. And Harvey Weinstein's time in court is far from finished. He's still facing a rape and sexual battery trial in Los Angeles while serving time in New York for rape and sexual assault. Weinstein's lawyers say they're working to appeal the verdict from yesterday in Manhattan. Sentencing is set for March 11th. News is brought to you this morning by Semper Solaris. 5.50, we'll talk with ABC's Jim Ryan all about tonight's debate in South Carolina. This will be debate number 10. You've got the actual voting coming up on Saturday. And for many candidates, tonight could really be a make or break going into Saturday. Because for many people like Joe Biden, even his camp says this is a firewall for him. This is a make or break state. So we'll see what's kind of happening going into tonight when we talk with Jim coming up. Right now, let's say hello to ABC's Ryan Burrow. Ryan, good morning. Let's start with an update on the COVID-19 coronavirus. Where are we as far as numbers go? Yeah, in the United States, 50 people right now in isolation. And keep in mind, 36 of them are from the Diamond Princess. Three people have already been discharged. Twelve came in on flights, including three State Department workers. No confirmed deaths to this point. And, of course, uh, yesterday we heard President Trump talking about federal funding to to battle coronavirus. He's talking $2.5 billion in the event of an outbreak with that money going to developing a vaccine, as well as protective equipment. He thinks that uh, China is getting it under control now. $1.25 billion of that would be a new funding, another half a billion from uh money taken from the Ebola Ebola, uh, virus outbreak uh, funds, so that they would kind of just shift and and move that over. There would be some Department of Homeland Security funds that would move in as well. Uh, Democrats already saying that's not enough. We need more money. So uh, that battle will be had in Congress, I'm sure, moving forward. Of those 12 people who came in on flights, including the State Department officials, do we know were they all from China or are they coming from other places? They had all arrived from Wuhan, China. Okay. Uh, whether they were in there or passing through, um, there is obviously strict protocol as to anyone who went through that area and uh, is now returning to the United States or coming to the United States. They need to be uh, in isolation, uh, in quarantine for at least 14 days just to make sure the symptoms uh, Symptoms don't uh, persist. We know that some of the people uh, actually have tested positive for coronavirus, but 
don't seem to be showing any symptoms. So they're basically just sitting in hospital rooms or, uh, you know, some kind of uh, residential setting, just either waiting for it to take effect or waiting to get the all clear to get out. And yesterday, the stock market, though, had its own jitters over the COVID-19 coronavirus. Biggest drop in two years, losing more than a thousand points. Although oftentimes bad Mondays on Wall Street, uh, followed by a bounce back on Tuesday. And I'm already seeing future show the Dow's going to open up a hundred today. But still, you could just tell it. Yesterday, analysts were going, eh, we're a little bit nervous right now. Bye, 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 right? That's, yeah, <laughs> that's what's totally. going on today. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because we knew coronavirus uh, had existed and the numbers in China are going down. So why Monday uh, did things really drop off? Well, we're seeing the spread uh, more frequent now in other countries. Italy uh, seeing its death toll rise. Uh, more numbers coming in from Iran, 12 dead there. So it's not been ruled a pandemic yet, but it's kind of borderline, and and we're waiting to see what health officials say in the coming days uh, as this starts to spread out of Wuhan, China, into more uh, other other parts of the country. I'm just seeing right now, actually, as we're speaking, it looks like Croatia has its first reported case. All right, Ryan, in addition to this, the other story that's on your plate this week is actor Jesse Smollett. I understand he's pleaded not guilty in Chicago to these new charges in this case of allegedly staging this racist, homophobic attack on himself last year. Yeah, and we had a little bit of a reality TV uh, show appearance yesterday by the Osandero brothers who walked right past Jesse Smollett uh, in the courtroom yesterday. And as they walked by, which was a surprise to everyone, by the way, uh, I looked over and Jesse mouthed uh, some uh, pretty nasty things to his family members about seeing them. So he clearly uh, was disturbed. Pleaded not guilty to the six charges. They're trying to get everything dropped. They've taken it to the state Supreme Courts. They, they went through with the arraignment yesterday, but they say two things. Uh, number one, double jeopardy. They're bringing him up on charges that he already uh, had against him that were dropped. And number two, they say that the special prosecutor in the case should not have had the authority to charge him um, based on his investigation. And for people who don't remember who the Osendaro brothers were, they're the two that said Jesse Smollett paid them to allegedly attack him, right? Absolutely. And what their attorney told us yesterday, they stood behind her, they did not speak, was that they wanted to show that they're a part of the process, they're going to do whatever it takes to help. But obviously it created a little bit of a stir. And by the way, we had about a half hour recess before Smollett uh, took the stand. So you had uh, about uh, two dozen of us in the media, Jesse Smollett and his family, the Osendero brothers, all of the attorneys. I mean, all of the players were quietly sitting in a room for about a half hour. It was a little awkward, a little Uh, awkward. I can only imagine, and I can only imagine you as the reporter, you had to be playing like, you know, tennis with your eyeballs, looking left, looking right, looking left. Well, are they going to say anything? Are they going to do anything? Like, that had to be the most incredible moment for you. It was, it was uh, eerie and interesting all at the same time. Because I don't think too many reporters saw what, how frustrated Jesse was when the Osendero brothers walked by. Because they just walked by uh, quickly. But then there was a woman who came up to Jesse and said, I loved you on Empire. You were great. And that kind of broke the tension in the room a little bit. <laughs> oh, if nothing else, I loved your character. It was awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Ryan. Have a good one. Sounds good. See you later. That's ABC's Ryan Burrow. That woman, man, she really got to the heart of it. Who cares about this case? You were awesome on Empire. It always cracks me up. Anytime I've covered like the celebrity trials or, you know, if you watch the celebrity trials. Remember actress Lori Loughlin when she got her first court appearance after the whole college scandal, the bribery scandal. And, and people were yelling, Aunt Becky, Aunt Becky. And she's walking by signing autographs, smiling. 
Like, mm. got to remember why we're here, kids. We're here because uh, there's a little scandal. There's a whole lot of legal stuff that's happening. They're not just superstar. But, hey, at least it broke the ice. All right, let's get back to some of the other stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A federal appeals court in California has upheld President Trump's ban on abortion referrals for federally funded family planning centers. The ruling affects programs and clinics that get Title X money from the government to treat low-income patients. The clinics are now barred from referring women to abortion providers and must offer women alternatives to abortions even if they don't ask. California and two other states had blocked the rules, but this ruling overturns those decisions. Governor Newsom has toured a new trailer park in South L.A. that's housing the homeless. The 10 small FEMA trailers used to house first responders during wildfires in Northern California were transported to L.A. last week. I want folks to know we're taking responsibility. None of us are naive about the magnitude of this challenge. Newsom set aside $650 million in emergency funding for homeless services. L.A. will get $64.3 million. Another trailer park will open this weekend in the Crenshaw District. Families are only allowed to live in the trailers for six months. Police in San Francisco are investigating a video of an elderly man being attacked and robbed while collecting recyclables. The video posted to social media over the weekend appears to show a group hitting the man with a stick and taunting him. I hate Asians. Now, at one point, the Asian man can be seen crying while an attacker mocks him for wanting his bag of cans back. That is just ridiculous. The San Francisco PD said yesterday it needed more information before it could call the attack a hate crime. A new study in the Journal of the American Medical Association has found more elderly Americans than ever are using marijuana. Researchers say the amount of seniors who smoke smoke pot or use edibles has doubled between 2015 and 2018. Many of them are trying to manage chronic pain or illness. The study also found today's marijuana is much more potent than the pot from the 60s and 70s when baby boomers may have first tried it, so seniors may consume more than needed. Well, the biggest online retailer in the world is getting physical. The first of Amazon's brick-and-mortar grocery stores, known as Amazon Go, opened four years ago. But the one opening today in Seattle is four times bigger than the previous ones, and it's targeting residential neighborhoods unlike the others, which cater to office workers. Shoppers use an app to enter the stores with no cashier and no checkout lines. Hundreds of cameras and weight sensors on the shelves keep track of what you grab and even what you put back. Credit cards on file are charged when you leave the store. Amazon even trains its technology to manage how shoppers inspect the fruit. So thump away on those melons. Michael Crozier, KFI News. <laughs> I do that and I don't really know what I'm looking for. I go and I pick up my cantaloupe or I pick up my honeydew or whatever and I thump on it. What am, what am I listening for? I must look like the biggest idiot in the store. Smelling it. What, what am I smelling for? I don't know the difference in a, like a harder thump. Versus a lighter thumb. What do I know? All right, when we come back, we'll talk with ABC's Jim Ryan. South Carolina is the next state for the Democratic candidates. And now you've got debate number 10 happening tonight. You've got the votes happening on Saturday. And for many of these candidates, tonight is make or break. So we'll talk about that. Along with a crash on the five and your forecast on your wake-up call. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Just oh. a little bit south of North Carolina. Oh. That's where I long to be. In a little brown shack in South Carolina, someone waits for me. I don't know if it's a little brown shack they'll be in tonight, but it's South Carolina, that's for sure. Let's say hello to ABC's Jim Ryan. Hey, Jim, good morning. I betcha if we were able to look at the numbers of people who either listened to the last debate or watched the last debate, they would be up significantly from the debates in the past where we sort of knew what the script was. We knew what everybody was about. We knew what they would attack each other on. But then you get Mike Bloomberg on the stage and, uh, you know, pardon my French, but all hell broke loose. It really did. And and it led to perhaps the surprising result from the Nevada caucus. And that was that Bernie Sanders walked away with the win. Yeah, uh, Bloomberg was the target last week. Sanders will be the target tonight when the seven Democratic candidates, there were six last week. Tom Steyer has made the cut in terms of polling numbers to qualify for this week's debate. So, yes, seven candidates will stand there tonight, uh, the six of them undoubtedly taking aim at Bernie Sanders because he is the front runner and because he continues to make statements that make Democrats kind of nervous about his electability and about trying to regain the White House uh, later this year, November. I know that there was a CNN poll that I saw last night that showed that Sanders and Biden were leading the pack going into South Carolina. For Biden, I feel like, though, this is going to be a much more make or break state. It really is. And in fact, he decided to skip last night's CNN town hall here in Charleston in order to prepare for tonight's debate. That's how important he sees this debate this evening and the Saturday primary here in the Palmetto State. A week from today, of course, is Super Tuesday, and all of these candidates are hoping to gain a bit of momentum from South Carolina, taking it into those dozen or so states next week when 40 percent of the American electorate, including those in California, will make their their preferences in November known. You know, I thought it was interesting. Amy Klobuchar released her recent medical records. And some of the things that were in them at first made me go, why do we care about this? This is weird. On the other hand, I went, oh, I see what she's doing. It said she was in very good health. It said she had excellent blood pressure, which is something she mentioned in the last debate. It shows her risk for cardiac disease is 1%. She's trying to separate herself as the young person on the stage compared to people like Bloomberg or Sanders who have had heart issues in the past. Talking about blood pressure, those kinds of things. I went, oh, my gosh, they are going for anything at this point. Well, right. And that's a pretty basic qualification. Can your candidate make it through four years of the rigors of being president? You know, every candidate, every president has faced that in the past health issues and 
health scares, President Reagan with his polyps, you know, we had other uh, presidents facing those kinds of challenges. And so, sure, it it makes sense that one of these candidates, the youngest one, perhaps, or the one with the best health record is going to highlight that. Yeah, you're right. They're going after anything, putting that forward in front of these voters in hopes of uh, drawing some support, Jen. How if I think the one that will intrigue me most is Elizabeth Warren. How does she who she did very well in the last debate? How does she keep that momentum up, attack Bernie Sanders, but find a way to differentiate herself from him based on the fact that their platforms are so similar? Exactly right. And there seems to be a fight for the middle ground at this point. And so she'll try to claw her way. Uh, back toward that ground, undoubtedly by taking some shots at uh, Bernie Sanders. You know, I, I suspect that at this moment he's doing some debate preparation to get ready for that event tonight because they're all going to be coming after him. Klobuchar and Warren and Steyer and Biden, you know, the whole group going after uh, uh, Bernie Sanders in hopes of kind of knocking him away and and moving the, the, the party as a whole back toward the center. This state is important. South Carolina, 60 percent of the electorate is African-American. So, uh, they, you know, they, they need to try to appeal to a relatively conservative base. South Carolina black voters, the Democrats even, are fairly conservative. They're a bit squeamish about a gay presidential candidate. They're certainly squeamish about uh, Bernie Sanders uh, and his self-proclaimed socialist Democrat status. Uh, that's why tomorrow uh, Jim Clyburn, the powerful congressman from this state, is going to endorse Joe Biden to try to give him a little bit of rub going into Saturday. We'll see if that helps. All right. Thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jennifer. See ya. This is KFI and KOSTHD2 Los Angeles. I know I'll be watching it tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow for sure. And I know Handel will have a preview coming up later today. We lead local live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your wake-up call. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.